Nettie Stevens is an American geneticist who is credited for discovering sex chromosomes. Hello and welcome to Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women in history. I'm Jupiter F. Stone. I'm Chloe Skye. And I'm Sarah Gorski. Today, I am bringing y'all abroad called Nettie Stevens. Ring a bell? Any bells? No. Yeah, you know why? Because the bastard tried to erase her from history. Are, are we surprised that like white men in power in America tried to erase the woman who did most of the work? As D- they is tried that to part of the story? Did they try to erase her? Yeah. Oh. Whew. Nettie Stevens is an American geneticist who is credited for discovering sex chromosomes. What chromosomes? Sex chromosomes, like XXXY. Like she did that shit. Shout out to Nettie. Holy shit. What? Right? Like the basis of all genetics. Quite literally. And we are going to get into it. And before, I should actually say I was very interested in this because I actually didn't know a lot of this stuff that I discovered reading through this. Because when I'm like, oh, that seems like really cool. Like that's a fucking epic accomplishment. And then I was like, I don't really know a lot about it though. So I kind of went in and did a bunch of super fun research on chromosomes and genetic things. And I want to say shout out to Nettie, because if it wasn't for Nettie, I wouldn't have been able to have that really fun educational adventure. Are you going to fill it in for those of us who also don't know very much about (laughs) them? Oh, oh yeah. I got some, I got a little, I got a, I got a little nugget. I got a little nugget drops. I legitimately had to write it down because I didn't know. I was like, okay, well... I know, like, the dad's kind of responsible because it's, like, when the dad gets mad that he's not getting any boys and, like, you know, it's, like, I mean, I'm one of six girls assigned female at births. And it's, like, yo, if you tried that many times, he's, like, last one, we're going to try one more for a boy, one more for a boy. And I know in the past, like, people, like, used to get upset at the, the mom. But it's, like, not the mom or the environment or what she ate. It's the dude's dick and what it's spitting out. <laughs> so... <laughs> I mean, that that is one way to, to put it, but you're right. I mean, am I not? So all humans get an X chromosome and maybe sometimes a Y chromosome, right? So you get an X from your mom, always. You always inherit an X chromosome from your mom, and your father can give you either an X chromosome or a Y chromosome. So if you get an X from your mom and an X from your dad, double X, you are a female. And if you get an X from your mom and a Y from your dad, then you end up being a male. Yeah, more or less, at least in terms of sex. And even that is like, sometimes it's not true. Okay, how about you just calm the fuck down and let me do my episode? Uh, okay, you, all right. Why are you trying to get some spoilers? The only thing that I remembered from my school days was like, everyone is naturally a girl until they get, not a girl, a, a female until they get a Y chromosome and at a certain time and then they become a male. Correct. Okay, see, this, right. this shit, yeah. I didn't know that shit. Yeah, the Y chromosome shit. triggers the, I forget what they're called before they're officially genitals, but like it's, it's the clitoris grows the go- into a penis. Gonads. Gonads, yeah. Everyone has gonads. They sure do. And so let me tell you, it's actually called, um, there's this thing and it's called an SRY gene. 
that's in the why. And sometimes it just doesn't do what it needs to do, which then makes all these different types of situations happen where even if you have X, Y, if the Y part of it doesn't have the, the essentially the light switch to go on, even if you have the coding, if that chromosome doesn't do what it's supposed to do, then you will have different experiences in how people physically manifest. And no one knew this shit until Nettie. Tell us about Nettie. I will, I will. Okay, so fun fact, I found this broad because I was trying to find broads who were born this month. So shout out to Nettie, who was born on July 7th, 1861. And she was born into a middle-class family in the state of Vermont. And this is important because they are middle-class, so they could afford to send both of their daughters to school and send them to school for all 12 years. So she attended a school called the Westford Academy. And this is pretty dope. The Westford Academy was over open to men and women of all nationalities. What year? I mean, she was born in 1861, and it was her K through 12. So the 1860s? Yeah, 60s or 70s. Wow, that's amazing. All gender. Yeah, Yeah. they made it a point. And so I actually went to like, I made it a little side note to go look up more shit about this school because I'm like, please be founded by abroad so I can go and do research on this. Um, And she finished school. And at this point, it's like, if you've been privileged enough to be able to go to school and get an education, it was still like, you were still pretty limited in what you were able to do as far as a career, right? As a woman, for sure. Yes. Those roles were nurse, teacher, and librarian. And really, you should just be a mom. So you're lucky you're even getting these options. Well, Nettie didn't want to do that shit. Nettie knew from a really young age that she wanted to be a scientist. But that was not an option. There was no STEM back in the day. (laughs) She went to school, finished up school, finished up high school. And then at 19, she became a teacher. But she knew that she was going to work and save money so that she could go back to college. And everyone's like, why? You already graduated school. You have a job. You're teaching people like you're set. And she's like, no, like at 19, that was not how she wanted the rest of her life to be. She only taught there for, I believe, like three years. And she saved up money and then she decided to go back to school. So she enrolled in a school called the Westfield Normal School. So I was like, great. What's the abnormal school? (laughs) You have a sister school or like a brother school? That's a college? It was. It was specifically a teacher's college. She kind of did that a lot. It was like, I'm going to work. I'm going to save money. I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to work. I'm going to save money and go back to school. So it did take longer. The doors weren't like flying open and shit, but she was super, super determined. And she knew that she wanted to be a scientist. So she started taking all of these classes that not a lot of women were taking. It was mostly white men who and her. Right. And these classes included histology, which is basically the study of microscopic anatomy. And after she took that class, she was like, fuck yeah, I like this. I really dig this. She had to go and work between her bachelor's and her master's degree to make enough money to go back. And it took her a long time. But at 35, she went to Leland Stanford University. She started taking classes in cytology, which is the cellular biology and the functions of cells. In her bachelor's degree, she learned about the anatomy of cells and learned how to break them down. And then in her master's degree, she was like, now that I know what all of these are, let me figure out what they can do you know what i'm already loving about her is that she's you just said she's like 35 at this point yeah i'm like fuck yeah because i'm only 36 and so she probably made a discovery after that so like i'm not finished i'm not (laughs) yeah she's helping she's helping support those of us who aren't spring chicken 
anymore. You I'm can, about it. You can still discover you a new gene. You can be a gene. fall chicken. <laughs> I know, but the world tries to tell us, like, if you haven't done your big shit by, like, certain number of age, like... You're yeah, done. that's like, just the patriarchy trying to keep women down. Right, exactly. No, hell no. No, she she didn't graduate until she was 39. Yeah. So she studied under this geneticist named Thomas Hunt Morgan. He was really impressed by her work and shit, and they did a lot of things together. And he was like, he was like her PhD advisor, essentially, right? So they worked together very, very closely. But a lot of the discoveries and a lot of the work and a lot of like the lead in terms of the research was done by Nettie because she had so much experience. During During this time, she went and did like an affiliate program where she went to work with marine organisms in Italy and in Germany, and then also learned from other locations and other scholars in other countries, and then brought that information back to Thomas and to the team. So like, not only was she like helping out with her work and her studies, but like she was also like helping everybody else out too. And this was all happening at 39, when she finally got to be what she wanted to be. What she said like at 19, like, no, I'm not gonna be a teacher forever. I'm going to keep going back to school because 20 years later, she'd finally get to do what she wanted to do, which was be a research scientist full time. And this is when shit starts to go down. When she finally doesn't have to like work anymore or keep teaching. And they said like she was really passionate about teaching because she was passionate about the course material, not because she wanted to be an educator. It was a vehicle for her. Right. It was a vehicle for her to survive and get the education she needed to get to rise to that place. I love that. And she we all got to have a survival job. And she said it was, ha- I mean, one of the students, she was quoted, one of the quotes, very little quotes, but one of the quotes was her in response to a student. The student asked her, like, do you ever get frustrated having to repeat yourself or having to teach us these things, which to us is new and to you must be, like, monotonous at this point since you've gone over it so many times. And she was quoted to say, not that I love teaching, but it would have to be that science would make her bored. And that would be impossible because she would never become dull of her source material, over the course material. Uh, Awesome. She's a true scientist. Right. So at 39, she becomes a scientist and she gets a little bit of resources and really starts going in specifically in genetics. She wants to know more about these human chromosomes. So she applies for funding for research to do sex determination and she gets it and ends up writing a paper in 1905. And she was awarded, (laughs) I thought this was really funny. She was awarded best scientific paper written by a woman. By <laughs> Carnegie Institution of Washington. They then published her pages. What year? In 1905. There's not a lot of, I don't think a lot of women were submitting papers then. Let's During- create a special category for her so she. I know. <laughs> yeah, I bet they did. I bet the dude who wrote like the second best paper was like, I don't want to be second best. She's her own category. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, especially with what she's presenting, because this has been like a culmination of all of her work through college. And what she was presenting was like, hey, guys, I know I know why we exist the way we do like this in the world. I know what's inside of you. Uh, look at it. And they're like, "Ooh, good job, woman. <laughs> And this was the discovery of the X and Y chromosomes. Yeah. So she had started doing research in like, I think the tail end of her bachelor's into her master's. Um, And she started doing research on insects and different types of bugs and started paying attention to kind of what they had going on and how they reproduced. And this isn't really talked about because I think it is so much of her claim that, I mean, we're humans, right? So we're very selfish. It's like she found out chromosomes but she found it out about us through doing 
so much research on different types of animals which i find super fucking exciting and this is the part where i won't get too nuts in because i discovered something cool and like literally yesterday i didn't even know how like sex males were like different than like sex females and how that happened and now i'm like knee deep into like fucking bees and how the queen is like giving 75 percent of her dna to these people because you want to protect your sisters more than your daughters and she picks one dude to it's a lot so we're gonna skip over honeybees but i do have some fun facts about some chromosome shit is everything you're going to tell us something that she discovered or great question I actually found this information based off of an article that I found through the Harvard Science Program website by a biological and biomedical third year third year grad student named Catherine Wu. So no, she's not responsible for it, but this person named Catherine Wu, who is now like studying this at Harvard, produced this article that wouldn't have been possible without Nettie. Because she essentially is basically this article which I think everyone should read because it's like so cool and it's like not political because it's very sciencey. It's just facts. It's just facts but oh man the people but, mad in the comments. Oh yeah. People get people get all out. kind of mad about science. But it, I mean it's just science like it's real like I right. didn't I didn't realize So is wearing this, a mask but people get mad about that. Okay look. Well are we gonna get political on this podcast? That'd be no, weird. Not at all. Well, <laughs> literally just explaining <laughs> science. Yeah do you cover and- your nose when you sneeze sir? Would you sneeze <laughs> in my face on a regular day with a regular cold would you sneeze in my face no okay cool <laughs> I, think I didn't see where you got your your facts so i think you made them up to mess with me well here's some not made up facts about chromosomes yeah so i found that birds are the opposite of us so they don't have xy and so i found it really interesting because like if a bird with certain birds if the eggs don't get fertilized then they'll just default to male huh Okay, so alligators and turtles, their fucking gender is determined by their temperature. Did we know this? Oh, uh, yeah, I, I did. I think I did know that. It's even, I mean, like, the part of the plot of Jurassic Park is, like, certain types of frogs can change their gender if they run out of enough of the one gender in the wild. Yes. So, and then since we put the frog DNA in the dinosaurs, now the dinosaurs are changing their gender so they can mate with each other. Yes, yes. Science. So the end... The Science. end of yeah. the, the end of the article. <laughs> spoilers. Everyone should read it, especially to get understand the honeybee section, because I am not in anywhere near a place of understanding to be able to try and explain it. But it's so cool, and I will have you know, I'm going to reread it several times until I do. Dude, honeybees are the most amazing, the most amazing creatures. I mean, talk about a queen. I know why Beyonce calls herself Queen Bee. Like, I feel like I'm like, okay, I get it. But yeah, Chloe, you're totally right. Is there are fish? And snails and and cert- certain types of amphibians that can reverse their sex throughout their life. And it's not just animals. It also occurs in humans. Like I was saying earlier, if the SRY gene in the Y chromosome stays off, you get a certain type of syndrome. And if you have extra or too few of a certain type of chromosomes then you get a different type of syndrome. And if one is just missing altogether, then you don't even have like XY, it becomes like an XO situation, which from this article, as I've been discovering, if you track animals that have been alive longer than us, the Y chromosome is considered to be like inefficient and evolutionarily speaking, just like goes away. My life experience affirms this. (laughs) 
<laughs> the animals knew. Let's follow suit. And last fun fact about chromosomes and, 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 I, and I sex. I just want to say yes. it's chromosome. I've been saying chromosomes. You've been saying chromosome. Okay, well, oh, Quizno subs. A, quiz, a quizone? I don't know. A calzone? A calzone. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, oh, look. You're, gonna make me, you're making me hungry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> you know, as someone who didn't know the difference between X and Y chromosomes yesterday, I'm pretty fucking proud of myself. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> chromosomes? I'm proud of you too, Jupiter. I'm proud I of you. I want to be in the zone with the chromo. <laughs> you want to be in the chromosome? Chromosome. Uh, okay. Oh, Chloe. Chromosome. <laughs> Okay, last fun fact about <laughs> sexes via chromosomes <laughs> is um, cantaloupes have four sexes. Cantaloupes? Cantaloupes, yes, the fruit, which is how they read it in the article. Cantaloupes, sexes, there are multiple different determinants, and they can end up with four different types of sexes. And there is even preliminary proof that this also happens in fish. So even genetic sex is not necessarily an inherent binary trait. Ooh, damn. Cantaloupes have all those and they still aren't as delicious as honeydew? Dang. I mean, maybe that's why. Maybe we get less delicious as the more, the more. Less delicious? I'm going to go back to cantaloupes. Shots fired. Anyway, so shout out, shout out to Catherine Wu for this article. I hope you graduate um, from biological and biomedical science programs via Harvard's because it seems like you're onto something and I feel like you're on my side with life, at least in these areas. So, and Catherine wouldn't have been able to write this super dope article, which replaced my formal education, shout out to American public schools, without Nettie Stevens. I think it's even more impressive when you recognize this. She had published more papers in her career than most people who had an entire, an ent- I, would, I guess I would even say like an entire career or a career that spanned decades. She did not. So she unfortunately was only able to live her dream for about 10 years because she developed breast cancer. No. So she developed breast cancer and it was really sad because it was upon receiving an offer to essentially be like in the highest position she she was ever offered at, at the school and to be like a department head. It would have just been like another one of those, like the first to ever moment right. that she could not accept it because she was already so sick. Oh. And she did a lot of stuff in a very short amount of time. And by a lot of stuff, I mean, she published like 40 papers. Oh, wow. Whoa. So she wrote those 40, she wrote those 40 some papers in the span of 10 years. That is a lot to publish. Like scientifically, that yeah. is a lot. Of That's shit. crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, she's she, good. she had the best scientific paper written by a woman, though. So, you know, I think she got it. <laughs> <laughs> she's the best no, she of was all like, of them. Probably one of the smartest people living on the planet. Honestly, I didn't go too deep into it because I'm trying to restrain myself, but her early childhood education was just astonishing. Like, as I'm saying, she was, wor- she was working so she can put herself through school. When she did go back to school, she was the top in her class, like all the time. Was. Every time she went back and I'm like, she had to take breaks to go earn money and to go get like, I mean, I would even say like, it wasn't even just about the money because like at this time it was like, you're not supposed to be doing these things. You know, she was one of the first recognized women scientists, period, Uh, you know, so it was like, I mean, she did come from middle class and she was white and she was 
educated she had an education from a very early age and continued on super i mean in order to understand the anatomy of cellular microscopic things like yeah you gotta be pretty you gotta be pretty smart i would have loved to see what we would have discovered if she lived another like 10 20 years you know maybe yeah. she would have discovered this shit that Catherine Wu is writing yeah, about maybe today. We, we would have figured it out like a hundred years sooner. Yeah. Who and knows? I do find this really interesting. I don't know how much this plays into it. And of course, I don't want to speculate on people in history. I find it really interesting that the woman who discovered sex chromosomes was never married and she didn't have any kids and she didn't have any partners, so to speak of. Like, after her family, like, her childhood, she was just gone. This was her life. This is what she fucking did. And it didn't yeah. seem like anybody questioned her because she was so good at it. And she kept so busy that yeah. there was really, I don't know. So I don't know if there was no time or if she was just like, I'm way more interested in figuring out how we be than I mean, making my own. It was probably like all day work every day all by yourself sitting in a room looking at cells well not all by herself she was also with those right. men who tried to write her out of history how did they just, do that what, she just well, knew what she oh yeah she died. it's because she died it's because she died and she died so young in the midst of all of these research so did someone like try to take credit fucking for her thomas shit? hunt morgan oh douchebag of the week guy yeah hey hey right thomas and the, his other like department chair person who did like other types of research like tangentially connected they would fucking produce and publish like books and papers and they just would leave her out like based on that like they started the research together but then she died yeah exactly so there was nobody to cite her there was nobody to hold uh, accountable until later on in life thomas i guess he started feeling fucking guilty when he got older and as time went on they started including her more and sort of like being like she was responsible for more of the things but i think it's because as things become more circulated and as her publications got out, people started to realize, like, wait, bro, like, this wasn't all you. Like, look at this, you know? And especially yeah, I was nowadays. Say, if she had published stuff, it seems so weird the scientific community would just not, they just kind of ignored it and they didn't cite yeah. it. And, and she had awards it. invented for her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It wasn't something that was like, oh, we uncovered her. It was like within, within her professor's lifetime, he realized. Maybe let me go give some credit where it's due. And and she got it. But but I didn't know anything about her. But granted, I really don't know very much about <laughs> sex chromosomes. But I do now. They're fantastic. <laughs> yeah. They're cool shit. And as we evolve, as animals evolve, it just gets more and more complicated. And the thing that the men contribute seems to disappear. So I'm fucking for it. <laughs> well, and the more we learn about all these genetics, too, like the more I, I find it like every time I, I read like a few articles here and there about such things not that I retained it very well but like it always makes all of these arguments about like gender like people who have fall between genders and people getting upset about it it just makes them look ridiculous because the science yep. is just the science just Science doesn't have any bias. Science is science. Mm -hmm. And you just like read these facts and you're like oh so that's kind of irrelevant and not the same at all as yeah. It, right. Yeah, but, you know, I, re religion still exists and religion has always hated science because science disproves all the shit that they say is fundamental truth of the universe. I mean, the comments under the Harvard article was like, oh, good to know that Harvard's now backing junk science. <laughs> and I was like, are you fucking serious? 
did you not see these graphs and charts, yo? There was a, I mean, it was. They literally got citations. I mean, it was. They it got was, the yeah. data to prove. It doesn't prove. matter because trolls are trolls. And there's this huge segment of society, not just Americans, too, that are like anti-facts and that are, that, yeah. you know, it's, it's kind of, it's crazy. And it's important to, you know, you, you kind of like ignore the trolls, but it's also just important to do the research yourself so that when you actually do interact with a troll, you can be like, actually, no, the fact is this. Right, correct. So next time someone tries to confuse sex with gender or presentation or some shit, you just drop Nettie Stevens on their ass real quick. That's right. Forward them this episode specifically. That's what we do. (laughs) All right. Okay, well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Broads You Should Know. Broads You Should Know is a weekly episode podcast people which means make us a part of your week please and thank you come back next week because there's going to be another baddie from history that you're going to want to know about but before we wrap it up if you liked this episode specifically i would like to kind of give you some maybe some tangentially connected broads so maybe if like between now and next week wednesday you get excited you can listen to them can i get is one of them maleva Yes, Maleva, the physicist who co-wrote Einstein's theories. Yeah. Picked her, did that. Who also tried to get written out of his, or not, she didn't try to get written out of, (laughs) somebody tried to write her out of his. Yeah, they did pretty well. Her husband, Einstein, the other dude. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I don't really see her on shirts with her, what what her hair look like. What about Dr. Jane Cook Wright? Dr. Jane Cook Wright? What did they do? She was like this revolutionary cancer researcher. Mm, She was. Research queen. Mm. Yes, come through. Well, I also put down um, Sarah Good, who received, uh, she was the first African-American woman to receive a patent since, you know, first woman, first woman, kind of big deals. Inventing, discovering similar paths. Correct, right. I also wrote uh, Sadie Tanner Mossel Alexander. Hey, that's fair. You know, that's another first. brainy broads. Another first right there. Yeah, big brainy broads. I also, I don't know, I put Heidi Lamar. Yeah. I mean, inventing Wi-Fi is pretty cool. And Caroline Herschel. Caroline Herschel, yeah. She was the first woman to be paid a salary as a scientist. Hell yeah. That's right. The stars, right? Yep. Yeah, she like cataloged all the stars. Love her. I figured out how to... Look at that. Map it all out. Mapping out the stars, mapping out the chromosomes. Shout out to the broads. Shout out to the broads. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Broads. You should know if you want to learn more about amazing and noteworthy women from history, you should totally go through, scroll the feed, download what you like, tell your friends about it, leave a comment, leave a review, a comment. I'm so social media. Leave a review and check out the website, broadsyoushouldknow.com and come back next week for another badass broad that you definitely want to tell your mama about.